This is a story of Easter. This is a story that God is declaring over us. Let me read you just some of the lyrics, some of the key phrases that are wrapped up in, the, in that song. It says this, If I told you my story, you'd hear of a hope that wouldn't let go. You would hear of a love that never gave up. You would hear of a life that isn't mine. You would hear about a grace that is greater than all my sin. You would hear of justice being served, but where mercy wins as well. Where the kindness of Jesus draws us in. You would hear of victory over the enemy and freedom that was won. You would hear of a life that has overcome the grave. This is our story. This is our song. And because of that, we get to praise our Savior all the day long. This is Easter. What a great day. Greatest day in history. Their greatest day in history. Hands down, Jesus dies on the cross and three days later, emerges from that grave, comes out of that grave alive. Once and for all, defeating sin, defeating the curse, and ushering in freedom for us. But you know, this morning, God's story, it's important to recognize that God's story is your story. God's story is your story. You see, we could read the story of Easter, and it's familiar, isn't it? We know the story of Easter. We know we've seen, we've read the books and seen the movies and we see the decorations and maybe you've been going to church for a long time or maybe this is your first time in church, but you've probably heard the story of Easter. And the thing is, is that Easter could just become that. It could become a story. It could be something that we just tell our kids about once a year and maybe have some coloring books or dye some eggs or have an Easter egg hunt, and we have family over, and it becomes just the story that is told around the table. We can treat it like historical record, something that happened long ago when we look back and we assess it and we, we look at the characters involved, but, but recognizing it was thousands of years ago when those people are dead and long gone. If you look at it as something that happened in the past that has some bearing on today, But I tell you what, if we looked at it that way, we would be flat wrong. See, because the Easter story, the story of the resurrection, is still being played out today as much as it was 2,000 years ago. See, because Jesus isn't dead, Jesus is alive. He's not some historical figure that existed in some time. He is God of the universe, and He is alive and well today. That He f- exists outside of space and time, and that, that He is intricately, intricately involved in your story today. This is our story picture is this, is that because God is not limited by space and time like we are, that throughout your life that He is intersecting you, 
intersecting your life at different moments and different places in different ways, whether it's a conversation or a song you hear or something that you read or a service that you're in, maybe something from your childhood, maybe something from more recently. But God is intersecting your life and He is working over time to make Himself known to you, to reveal who He is, to reveal His heart to you. We find in Luke chapter 23 and 24 the account of what happened that morning after Jesus had died and he was buried. The ladies come to take care of his body and I'm going to read in Luke 23 starting in verse 55 and then go all the way through verse 8 of Luke chapter 24. Says this in Luke 23, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid on it. This is the day that he was crucified. Joseph of Arimathea had bought, a, he had a, a tomb that had been prepared, and after Jesus had died, he asked the Romans, he said, Can I take him and, and, and bury him? And so the ladies had followed Joseph and had gone and seen the place where Jesus had been laid. And then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Chapter 24 says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, Hey, scripture is interesting, isn't it? I'm sure that, huh, I wonder what, I, I don't, like, like the word just doesn't seem to do it justice. They were just wondering. I, I'm sure they were pretty freaked out, right? I don't know how you translate that from the Greek, but, but this, is, this is nuts. So they're wondering, but, but I'm sure there's a, a fair amount of panic that's going on. So while they're freaking out about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day will rise again. And then they remembered his words. They remembered his words. It's an amazing story, amazing picture, and of course the highlight of it is that they arrive at an empty tomb and Jesus is not there. But there's some other things that are going on in this scene that are important for us to notice because this begins this pattern of God intersecting our lives in moments where we don't expect. See, for these ladies, they had gone the day that he was crucified, and they knew because the Sabbath was coming, they were limited in time. And they couldn't touch a dead body because then they would be unclean, and it would limit their worship of the Lord on the Sabbath. And so they had to observe these customs and these laws and these rules. And so they go and they observe, and they see where Jesus is laid, and, and, they, and they make a mental note, right? They, they saw where his body was. They saw the place, and then they go back to their home, and they start preparing the spices that would be used to embalm his body for burial 
when, after the Sabbath. And there was a whole practice that had to be done. Jesus couldn't go through that process because there wasn't time. And so his body was just laid in that tomb. And they thought, we'll come back when it's appropriate to do so. I love that the scripture tells us that they observed the Sabbath. They rested. They were obedient to the commandment. So a little of the timeline here. Jesus is crucified on what we know as Good Friday. And the Sabbath begins at the sunset on, on, on Friday night and goes all the way to sunset on Saturday. And so they had gone, were probably with their family and with the other disciples and, and had rested on that day. And I imagine they needed rest. They were pretty worn out. It had been an emotional week. And they had watched their Savior die. I was wondering this week as I was studying for this message about the dynamic here. It never really stood out to me as it did this week. While they were resting, God was securing their victory. While they were resting, God was working. While they were resting, Jesus was defeating sin and death and the grave. Can I tell you this morning, we can strive and we can work and we can try and figure things out in our own strength. And sometimes it just feels like we're spinning our wheels because anything we, we do in our own strength will not amount to much. But when we trust Jesus, when we trust in the name of the Lord our God and we learn to rest in him. Can I tell you, God will secure more for us in our resting than we can secure for ourselves in our greatest effort. See, God is moving for you. He is moving on your behalf. Jesus wasn't dead. He was moving. God was moving behind the scenes. His body had died, but stuff was happening behind the scenes in the spiritual realm where the enemy was being defeated in that moment, that he was being struck down, that he was being destroyed, and that the bonds that had held God's people, his children, were being broken once and for all. While they rested, God was securing their victory. After the Sabbath, they go to the tomb. They'd been here before, just a couple of days before. And they saw this place. They go in, and they see this place where Jesus had been laid. Of course, they walk up, and the first clue that something's wrong is that the stone is missing. The stone had been rolled away. And they, they must be wondering what is going on. We know from the other gospel accounts that there was an earthquake that had happened in the night and had shifted this heavy stone. It was not something that would have happened easily. And the guards that were there were, were panicked and afraid. And they come in and they look at this place where Jesus should have been. And like it says in scripture, they were wondering, what's, what's going on? What have they done with our Lord? Where have they taken his body? And in that moment, these two angelic beings appear. I, I try to imagine what someone, if someone's clothes looked like not lightning, what that would look like. I, I imagine that you wouldn't be able to look at them, right? They would be so bright and glowy, 
right? Like just, it would have just filled that little cave, that little tomb with just awesome light. We know that it was glorious because immediately these ladies fall on their face before these two beings, these two men. And in this moment, they speak to the ladies, to these women and say, why are you, why are you looking for him here? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here. He's alive. He did what he said he was going to do. And, and I love that. And then they remembered. Isn't it amazing that we can know something and forget it? Anyone? We can know stuff, but then conveniently or inconveniently forget it. They knew what Jesus had said. They'd listened intently to his words. Can I tell you, sometimes the pain of our lives can seem to overshadow the truth of God's word. That we can get lost in the moment, in the moment of pain, in the moment of wandering, in the moment of fear, in the moment of brokenness, and the very words that God would speak over our lives get lost and drowned out in the midst of everything else going on. And it took a voice from heaven to go, he's not here. Remember what he said, and in that moment they said, yes, we remember. We remember. Can I tell you this morning, there may be times where you feel far from God. There may be seasons where you feel far from God. Can I tell you today, God is never far from you. He is never far from you. And in this moment of panic, God meets them in this place. And it's the first encounter. It's the first encounter that, that anyone has after the death of Jesus with hearing the voice of God. Now, it wasn't them, they didn't see Jesus himself. Mary Magdalene would be the first one to see, to lay eyes on the resurrected Christ. But this is no doubt an encounter with heaven that the voice of God through these two men speaks to these ladies and says, He's done what he said he would do. Remember what he said. Can I tell you this morning, we need to remember what God has said. He is always near us, even when we feel far away, that he is near and that his word is close, that he will speak to us out of his word. See, God meets them in this moment, and it's the same for us. You know that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Now, you might not always feel that way, right? Let us think, think about that for a minute. God's timing is perfect, and we can go, amen, Pastor Barry, preach it. But in the moment, God, where are you? I got to take my wife this week. We went on a date, and we got to go see The Fiddler on the Roof, which is a great musical, and and I love the, the lead character, and I won't even try to say his name, but his, he's, he's always in the, in the play, he's always talking to God. And he'll, he'll kind of step out, and, and he's having these conversations with God, and he's like, listen, you know, the, the song, If I Were a Rich Man, he's like, if, if I was just a little bit rich, I don't have to be a lot rich, just a little bit. God, do you see what I'm going through? God, do you understand that I have five daughters? God, do you understand the pain in my life? And I, and I was thinking as I'm watching, not just because of the five daughters. Okay, maybe a bit. 
in the midst of this, I'm watching this play and I'm thinking that's what we do with God. We look at our circumstances and we come and go, God, don't you know? And he goes, yes, I know. But my timing is perfect. My timing is perfect. I know this because the word of God tells us in Romans 5, chapter, six, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, says this, Paul writing, he says, you see, at just the right time. While we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, at just the right time, God shows up. Jesus comes and he is born into this world, and he lives, and he ministers, and he grows to the cross, and he dies, and he is laid in a tomb, and on the third day, he raises from the dead. His timing is perfect, and his timing in your life is no less perfect than it was back then, that he is still moving. Recently, I had the opportunity and the privilege to conduct a funeral service uh, for Gina Ray's dad, Bill. Gina is a part of our congregation, and um, you might not know Gina because over the last two years, every Sunday, she's been with her dad, caring for her dad and, and taking time to be with him. And so um, if, if you've not met her yet, you'll get to see her up on the screen here in a minute, and we have a, a, a video a testimony that she's going to share, but make sure you connect with her, but she's been caring for her father who uh, went to be with the Lord. I had, a, had the opportunity and the privilege to conduct the service. It was a graveside service, and I'll tell you right now, the video testimony is about four minutes long, and, and I worked really, we had to work really hard to, because we had a lot more footage and a lot more content, and I'm like, how do we get this all to fit in? There's a lot more story to this, and so I want to encourage you uh, connect with Gina and, and ask her her story and, and hear some more of this. But as we were pre preparing for this morning, I asked her, would you share some of your story and of your dad's story of how God's timing was perfect in his life? So if you'd watch the screen for a minute and take a look at this video. My dad had a heart attack and... Um, I remember praying. I was just so glad when he was okay. He had a triple bypass, and um, shortly after that, he had a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Um, since it's a neurological disorder, it also has an um, a aspect of dementia. So he was spent a lot of time um, terrified, and that was, uh, that was hard to watch. After he was sick, my stepmom called me and she was, uh, she had been crying. She was happy tears though. And she said, you need to come home um, and talk to your dad. And I was like, okay. And she said, Pete Dewhurst just came here and your dad, he, he prayed with your dad and now your dad says he's ready to die. And he knows he'll go to heaven because he talked to Pete. So I was super excited. Pete was riding his bicycle by, and he stopped to talk to my dad and visit with him. And while he was out there, my dad asked him questions, and 
Pete offered answers and uh, Pete had led him to the Lord and now he knew that he was going to be able to spend eternity in heaven. When my dad passed, um, I, I figured there'd be a lot of friends and family there. We um, had a what was originally going to be a small graveside and um, people wanted to come so I was I just thought, why not? Of course, anybody who, who wants to come can come. There were quite a few people there, I would say 50 to 60, I don't know. And it was short notice, my dad passed on a Wednesday, and the following Wednesday we had his graveside service. Um, and Pete Dewhurst came, the man who led my father to the Lord, and Pastor Barry uh, came and talked about baptizing my dad. And he talked about uh, how my dad came to the Lord. And he offered um, our friends and family members that they could have the same peace, the same um, eternal life and salvation that my dad had. And it didn't matter where they were, what they'd done, but right here and now, they could make a decision like my dad did. And, uh, and I heard, uh, Pastor Barry say, oh, they're on the left. They're on the left, yep, there's somebody. And, you know, uh, okay, over here in the middle, I see you. And over here on the right. And after the service, Pastor Barry told me that around 20 people had given their life to the Lord. And that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. In the end, my dad knew what was important. And I think that's why uh, he was so glad that me and the kids came to church and that's why he wanted his other grandkids to come to church and that's why when he knew he was sick he asked Pete about the Lord and that's why even though he was sick and he could barely walk he wobbled into church nice and slow with me for those few months and I really never thought that would happen I really didn't think especially after my dad was sick that he would go to church but he did and uh, it, was, it was a blessing, and it was my good father taking care of me and taking care of my good father. Amen. Can we say thank you to the Lord and thank you to Gina for, for shooting that, being a part of that. There's so many facets to this man, Bill's life. Um, you know, grew up in, in West Texas and Louisiana, right? in kind of not just the Bible Belt, but like the buckle of the Bible Belt. <laughs> was introduced, would, would go to church when he was young, but, but really didn't, wasn't a church attender for the majority of his life. But there were moments his grandmother introduced Jesus to him. God intersected his life. He moved out here to California and started a family and made the decision to send his girls to a Christian school where Gina gave her life to the Lord and God intersected their lives. And through his life and through his business and through his work, he owned a construction company and was always taking people in and giving them a job and giving them a second chance. And uh, when you hear the story of this man's life, you hear the story of the gospel and even though he wouldn't have characterized himself as a Christian or didn't attend church, there was something about Bill's life where he just ministered to the people around him. 
But it was when he came face to face with this illness and, and struggled through this disease that this man, Pete, who was his mechanic, just happened to be riding his bike by the house and just happened to have the opportunity to share. And you know what's amazing is that the intersections of God and the way that God had spoken to Bill all throughout his life came up to this one moment where, there, where a man on a bicycle, a friend on a bicycle, at the right moment came by and said, hey, let's have a conversation. And in that moment, he gave his life to Jesus. And all of the fear and all of the struggle that he was walking through just melted away. And there was just that instant peace. Instant peace. We were so struck as Gina and I were talking about the funeral, and I'd asked her, well, what kind of, how do you want the f- service to go? How do you want the service to feel? How do you want, you know, um, do you want it celebratory? Do you want it more just reflective? And she goes, she just looked right at me, and she said, I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to make a, a presentation. I want you to ask people. I want to give the opportunity. And it was amazing. Can I tell you, church, in that moment to look around at this graveside, as people indicated that they wanted to give their lives to the Lord. Now, I, I got to tell you, I just gave an invitation, but it was the testimony of Bill's life that made an impact on all of those people. God is moving on your behalf. He is intersecting your life. Maybe you're here today because someone invited you. Maybe you're sitting in this place today because someone reached out to you, just happened to be driving by, just happened to give you a phone call. And it could seem like, well, it's just happenstance, but it's not. It is the gospel story. It is the story of Jesus' resurrection still being written in our hearts and lives today. Still being played out in our reality because God loves us so much that he would meet us right where we are. This is the goodness of our God. This is how much he cares for us. I don't know what the encounters of your life have looked like, but I imagine if you start kind of going back through the highlight reel of your life, that you would see places over and over and over again where the hand of God was moving in your behalf where he was speaking, that he was touching your life, where he was moving in ways that kind of redirected your steps in the course of who you are. And I don't know if you've made a decision for Jesus or not, but I want to tell you this morning, if you're not at that place, just like those people standing at that graveside service, you have the same opportunity. You have the same opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've known the Lord for a while, but maybe you've been in a place where you're going, it feels like God is far away. Can I tell you this morning, he is not far away. He is close by. He is nearby. And that he is wanting to move in your life today. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. And he is moving in power and he is making intersection and he is making intercession and wanting to intersect your life this morning. Can we stand together? I want to invite the worship team to come up. The Bible says this, 
that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, your story may be different, but God is the same God. The details may be different for, for you, but He is the same Savior. He is the same healer. He is the same baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the same King that is coming back for His bride. He is a mighty God. Can we bow our heads this morning together as we close? I want to give you the opportunity this morning to say yes to the Lord. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is raised from the dead, and we put our faith in him, that God raised him from the dead, and we believe in our hearts that this, is, this has happened, that this isn't just a story, but that it is fact. And if we make that declaration, if we turn our hearts to him in that way, the Bible says that you will be saved. It's free, it's available, it's for every one of us. And so in this moment, I want to encourage you and I invite you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never made a decision for him, if you've never said Lord, I need you to be the savior of my life. To come to a place where I say I'm going to turn away from my sin and ask for repentance and walk with you. It's available to you today. And very simply, I'm going to ask you to do this. If that's you this morning, would you simply do this? Would you simply raise your hand high in the air so I can just see your hand and I can agree as a part of your confession of faith? Thank you, I see that hand over on the right. Anyone else? Anyone else would say, yes, Lord, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. In this moment, don't let the moment pass by. He's meeting you in this place. Anyone else today who would say, yes. Thank you. Can we pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, thank you for your love for me. I put my faith and my trust in you. I repent of my sin and I turn to you. I ask that you would be my Lord and Savior and I commit to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord praise right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you raised your hand this morning, we'd love to connect with you. In fact, I'd love to just say hi. I'll be back at the, uh, there's a sign in the back that says, welcome. Please come by. Bible says that heaven is celebrating. Heaven is singing praise because of what God is doing in this place this morning. And so we're going to join them. Amen. Our prayer team is available. If you need prayer for anything at all, they would love to agree with you in prayer this morning. But let's join with heaven as we praise the Lord and close today.